Good morning on this Saturday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday as we were talking about the book of John, chapter 16, how the Holy Spirit was going to be sent. And one of the things that he was going to do when he would come into the world is that he would convince, he would convict people of sin. That was one of the three things that is mentioned. Now, all of this came about because we were studying the story in John chapter 8, where the woman that had been brought to Jesus, and after Jesus had been riding on the ground twice, uh, first time, after he got up and he had been riding on the temple ground there, uh, where they were questioning him, he said, let the first one, that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one. And uh, he wrote, he stooped down and he wrote down again. And that was it. Now, here's where we have the connection. That the word of God, because it is alive, it is quick, it is living, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, it can identify, it can distinguish between the thoughts and the intentions of the heart, the conscience, the mind, the spirit, the soul, the body, the joints, the marrows. It is powerful because it is alive. Once it is spoken, once it is read, once it is heard, it is alive in the life of the individual to whom it was sent or who heard it. As the scripture says, God will not send his word uh, uh, or it will not come back to him void, but he sends it out with the purpose of it accomplishing something uh, and to fulfill his purposes. Well, they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman uh, standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up his eyes uh, and he, he and, and <clears throat> lifted up his eyes and himself and he saw none but the woman, he said unto the woman, where are thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now we could uh, stop here and continue going over some things that we haven't uh, talked about. But I just want to mention here that Jesus was not giving her a scot-free ticket. He was actually, uh, he was actually uh, having mercy on her and, and, and forgiving her sin. But it, there was a condition, don't go and do it again. Now, we had learned the, that uh, in the book of John in chapter 16, that Jesus said that, you know, I have a lot of things to say unto you. You can't handle them right now, but when the Holy Spirit has come, he's going to deal with these things. Now, Jesus did not come to the world to condemn the world, but he came that the world might be saved through him. Once we come to Christ, once we are in him, the accuser may throw his accusations at us. But if we are under the blood, we are cleansed, we are washed, we're walking in the light of his word. We're living and, 
uh, being led by the Spirit of God, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. So we no longer live under that condemnation and that guilt that we used to live before. But our conscience, our high priest, as we had learned, entered into the heavenlies, and he purified, he sanctified, he cleansed our conscience, he purged it from evil and dead works and from everything else that uh, condemned it, everything that accused it and declared it guilty. The blood of Jesus made us alive. His sacrifice was a one-time thing, not having to be sacrificed every single year, but just once changing the order of Aaron to the order of Melchizedek, a one-time sacrifice that was able to accomplish and do what was impossible before with thousands, if not millions of sacrifices that had been offered uh, over decades and uh, actually over millenniums, uh, all of a sudden now, we are, through the blood of Jesus, totally purged in our conscience. Something that could not be done before was now all of a sudden done. And Jesus, as our high priest, sitting down at the right hand of God, as a high priest that is touched with the feelings and the weaknesses of our infirmities, of, 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 of our condition, knowing that the flesh is weak, he is, he, is, he is acquainted with how we are. Therefore, he's able to be our high priest and make intercession for us when we find ourselves in times of need. Okay, reading in John 16, 4, verse onward. But these things I have told you, that when the time come, you shall remember that I told you of them, and these things said I not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me where I go. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will Reprove, the word there uh, uh, can be used as re uh, rebuke or convict the world, the cosmos that we live in, of sin. Not just sins, but of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Three things here that he says he will reprove us or convict us or convict us of sin, righteousness and judgment. Righteousness to convince us that we have been made righteous before God in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Of judgment because it's appointed unto man to die once and after this is the, there is going to be a judgment. That includes the devil and all his following angels and every demon and whatnot uh, will all one day stand before uh, God and be judged. 
It says, of sin because they believe not. And we had read in John that it is the sin of unbelief, of not believing in Christ, that he is the Son of God. Not believing in Christ, that he died for our sins. Not believing that he was resurrected. Not believing uh, that he is now alive and seated at the right hand of God and one day is coming back. We find that fourfold message of the R's where there is the need for the repentance of sin. There is the remission, the forgiveness of sins uh, through the preaching of the gospel. There is the uh, resurrection in which one must affirm that God did raise him from the dead. And we'll find all, all of this also in the book of uh, 1 John. And we must also recognize that he is coming back and there will be a judgment for the believer. It will be the Bema judgment for the unbeliever. They will stand before God at the great white throne judgment and be judged for their sin of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. The right standing of our lives before God is placed all in the hands of the work of Christ for me to be justified just as if I had not sinned. Justified is all in the accomplished work of Christ. I have to come to him in repentance in the beginning. When the word, when the message reaches my heart, I have to repent. He comes, I'm born again. He all of the instant immediately makes me righteous where I have access to the throne of God. I can draw near unto God in prayer. I can have fellowship. But in all of this, I must remember that through his resurrection, the Holy Spirit came to take his place here on the earth as far as leading and guiding and teaching us and so much more. And then right after this, then there is of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And sure enough, like it says in Colossians in chapter 2, in verse uh, uh, 14, 15, and uh, uh, 16, where it talks about that he crucified all the ordinances that were against us, and at the same time we were crucified with him, and at the same time he spoiled all the principalities and the powers that were against us. The exact same thing that Christ did on the cross for us in the uh, story of uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 12 onward, not only did the Israelites uh, have the angel of death uh, pass over, not only were they spared and delivered, uh, they were brought into salvation uh, because of, of that, of the blood being on the doors, on the side of the doors, on the top of the door. And all the gods of Egypt, all the ten different gods, each one of them, uh, was judged uh, at the same time while well, we have the parallel there. And then Jesus goes on to say, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them. And it is true. There are so many things that the only way that we can ever understand them is by the Holy Spirit taking the spiritual things of God and comparing them with spiritual things that we may know them according to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9 onward. It ends with, we have the mind of Christ. 
And of course, God has revealed all these things unto us through and by his spirit that we may freely know them. However, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and will show it unto you. Just like the master, Jesus didn't say anything unless he heard the father say it. He didn't do anything unless he saw the father do it. The Holy Spirit is not going to do or say anything unless Jesus has first spoken it and said it. So it can be accomplished in our lives. He didn't come to take the place of Jesus, of Jesus to take glory away from him. But it says in John 16, 14, he shall glorify me for he shall receive of mine and show and shall show it unto you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Now there's a whole nother story just right there. In John 3.16 onward. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth. There's the key phrase. Believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to condemn us. And it says in verse 18, He that believeth uh, on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has believed not in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And there's what we had said earlier. Condemnation comes because one does not believe in Jesus Christ. And that he was buried well, he died on the cross, was buried and resurrected on the third day. In verse 19, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They're evil because of their conscience. They no longer have a moral uh, compass that can direct and guide them. Uh, it says in verse number 20, For everyone that does evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Our deeds are reproved when the conscience is quickened by the light, by the word, by the Holy Spirit. But he that does truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And then finally, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that has made that the, the same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, What shall we do? What shall we do that we might be saved? Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children, and all that are afar off, even to as many as that the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did they testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this uh, untoward generation. And they gladly received his word, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Wow. 
Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. We've run out of time. We'll pick up here again tomorrow as we look at how uh, Peter and the message that was spoken touched 3,000 people instantly. The Lord richly bless you. Amen.